tonight. Number 10. This is the last in a series of Tracks Upon the Mount of Transfiguration. And last week we had a lot of interesting information. In fact, every week during the time that we have been having this um, a whole uh, variety of teachings, uh, there has been super revelation uh, in every one of them. <clears throat> so that people that are hungry, they can be fed. People that are thirsty, they can have to drink. I praise God for that. I praise God for his word, his ever-righteous, ever-living, holy word. And you know, when God speaks a lot of times, especially in the scriptures, God speaks about a cloud. Uh, you know, we have to understand to translate it to the right language. It speaks about thunder. Uh, we have to understand to translate that to the right language that we can understand in our own tongue. <clears throat> he speaks about, you know, uh, various other kinds of, of things like noise. And we have to understand that, that noise has a message, but it has to be interpreted. So we've been in the interpretation business here, these uh, going on 10 um, messages of Revelation. And tonight, I'm sure, will not be um, any different, uh, except that we plan tonight to get into the sub-audition trip to Mount Hermon. And it will, it will be interesting, to say the least. We talked about last week, uh, the last periods of time, we talked about clouds. <coughs> And um, in Jeremiah 4.13, it says, He shall come as clouds, and his chariot shall be like whirlwinds. His horse is swifter than eagles. Numbers 11.25, The Lord came down in the cloud. Numbers 12.5, Came down in the pillars of a cloud. Exodus 16.10, Glory of the Lord appears in a cloud. And Exodus 19.6, Six, I will come unto you in a thick cloud. And 16, 1916, a thick cloud upon the mountain. Isaiah 19.1, the Lord rideth upon a thick cloud. And we, we talked about the revelation of this thing about clouds to show that, yes, there are a regular earthly type of cumulus-type cloud, but there are other kinds of cloud. There's the Shekinah glory type of cloud. Uh, there, there is the uh, the other kind of cloud that can represent uh, a spacecraft. The Shekinah glory cloud. We had that evidenced to us by the reading from Exodus 13:21 through 22, how that the pillar of light would come down over the children of Israel, and. Uh, you know, it, it was a, a pillar of light by day, a pillar of, of fire by night. And uh, as long as the pillar was moving, the children of Israel journeyed. When the pillar stopped, they stopped. And um, we learned that there was, you know, Shekinah glory clouds. To some of these were obviously glory clouds. And uh, the Shekinah... You can't find that in the Bible under its spelling. But if you look in the 
under the word abode in the Hebrew, uh, you you can find a word that uh, shakan that basically means to uh, the abode or to dwell, especially the abode, and and that is the word from which shekinah clum, uh, shekinah comes. It also like it being the the abode of the spirit, the presence of the spirit of God. Then we learned about uh, in Deuteronomy eight four the raiment of the children of Israel did not wax old. Uh, neither did uh, their foot swell during these 40 years. Um, we uh, discovered that there was engined a source of energy that the people of Israel were being very fortunate to uh, participate in. And in their participation of this uh, energy, expecting uh, only one or two things, they received all kinds of other benefits. And uh, I'm sure that those benefits had a lot to do with the preservation of a person's age, with the preservation of the clothing, with the preservation of their shoes. That's an incredible thing. We also learned that during these experiences when the Shekinah glory was covering them, that the people were taught a special kind of cleanliness before the angels and before the, the Shekinah glory. Uh, we were given the example in Deuteronomy 29, verse 13, where they created and put a paddle upon their weapons so that whenever they had to uh, <coughs> go to the bathroom, go to the toilet, um, they could dig a hole and, uh, and bury it so that it wouldn't be a lot of uh, feces, a lot of... Uh, human dung spread all over uh, the ground with that many people and 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 especially before the angels and before the Shekinah glory and we went on to in the discourse of the explanation to show that uh, there was no trail left of garbage no trail left of broken pottery as they traveled through uh, the wilderness on their journey to their destination uh, because uh, they were under under a special uh, covenant of conveyance uh, with God, and Moses was uh, keeping track of it, uh, that they not leave any garbage, that they not leave any broken pottery, uh, that uh, everything was kept uh, clean, and it wouldn't take very long for the winds and what have you to erase any track of them having ever been there. And that was just a really super exciting uh you know, thing that we could talk on. It it was it was very very neat. Um, <clears throat> we um, we came into the discussion about the transfiguration. We showed how that that was two words, trans and figuration. That if you if you took just the figuration, uh, that would be the form of something modeled as it was. But the minute you put trans on then that shows that it's becoming uh, uh, a part of something from over on a, uh, another side, from over in another maybe even dimension. And uh, how that uh, that uh, this effect, uh, in the, according to Luke 9.29, uh, caused the countenance of Jesus to be altered. And uh, we made the point that uh, this very act, this very process of transfiguration, 
uh, was no doubt uh, used to a great extent uh, in the capability to take on different bodies. The 16th chapter of Mark tells about uh, that Christ appeared in, in, uh, in other bodies. And um, so that was in, uh, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, I believe it was. No, that was in Mark 16. Okay, and, and then uh, we, we, we had the glory of Jesus uh, that was happening there. Um, and we, we talked about a little bit about photo transitions and photo translation. Uh, you know, other people would call that maybe teleportation. Uh, but uh, photo transition, photo translation are much deeper than anything that would be uh, in, in the limits of uh, teletransportation. Uh, we talked about the afterlife power, and uh, we talked about uh, how the clothes shined and was brightened, and, uh, and uh, the, the word transparent uh, is actually relative uh, in the wordings of uh, these happenings of the transfiguration and the brightness of the clothing and the shining. Uh, this transparency, uh, you know, uh, a cause to be divided, to be generated, uh, is an interesting type of um, definition to come out of that experience. Uh, but when you have uh, the physical body and you have the spiritual body and the, uh, the physical body, uh, has a certain kind of um, alienship to the spirit world. Sometimes there has to be a a tolerance uh, level uh, that is uh, moved over, uh, that moves over uh, the flesh into a special uh, uh, sequestered spot of silence and uh, allows the spirit from within to move into a uh, higher realm of conductivity. So those are all just uh, exciting and, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful happenings that, uh, you know, we just, we just don't want to miss. I briefly talked about how that the children of Israel, when they went out of Egypt, that they went up harnessed. I want to go into that just a little bit deeper today. Um, in the... Um, the 13th chapter and 18th verse of uh, Exodus, it talks about that. So let me just uh, turn there to uh, Exodus 13, and let's just read because I find that a very exciting, uh, exciting subject. I mean, uh, especially when you begin to get the revelation as to what it really means. Okay, in... Um, Chapter 13, um, and let's start with verse uh, 14. Um, and it came to pass that when Pharaoh had let the people go, that, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God said, least preventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. And God led the people through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went 
up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Now, I know that a lot of ministry has just gotten the, the bare interpretation of that term harnessed uh, to mean, um, you know, armed uh, soldiers and, uh, you know, with special military strength, that type of thing. But um, <clears throat> we want to take that understanding further uh, because it is uh, not the mystery and the revelation that I want to share with you today. In Exodus 13, 18, uh, the Hebrew um, root out of Strong's Concordance, or, you know, uh, the Hebrew word out of Strong's Concordance, number 2571, uh, talks about, you know, this, this experience that we described uh, of harness as, as representing, uh, you know, a, um, a fifth, a fifth part. You really see that in the root word, which is 2570, which all connects to uh, the other scriptures that, that it's associated with and the other uh, root meanings that it's associated with to a rib or a fifth part. Now, when we look at this and we see that the children of Israel went out of Egypt harnessed, that means they went out divided into five parts because that's what the word in the Hebrew actually means. They, and, and like there, was, there were five ribs and, and each rib went a different section. They were divided and ready uh, to go representing uh, those five ribs. And one rib, which had the soldiers, uh, which had the leadership, uh, the main leadership, and, and uh, the Levites and some of the families, uh, they, they went as the rib, as, to, as a fifth part, or as one of the fifth parts of this whole group. And so going up harnessed was actually a revelation of how Moses divided these people preparing them for what uh, he wanted to do with them. Now, um, let's look at Exodus 15, verse 14. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestinia. Or Palestina. Um, let's... We're going to go there, but let's get back. I think I missed one important part uh, in um, the scripture I was reading you from the 13th chapter of uh, Exodus. It, uh, it talks about uh, God led them not through the way of the land of, of the Philistines, although that was nearer. And the, and the reason that he didn't is because uh, because there would most likely be war and having that kind of a war with those kind of a people God said would just would just discourage the people 
and caused them to repent that they ever came on this journey and want to return to Egypt. Now, we have to understand things in the text that is given, because if we don't, then we miss the deep revelation of it. So what that scripture is really saying is that that it did not allow, God did not allow a plan for the whole of Israel to just take the shortcut and go directly along the Mediterranean route to their final destination. Because had they gone there with all their soldiers and with a vast amount of people like that, all of the nations there would immediately go to, to, to war footing and be calling in other nations to immediately fight these people. And these people have been slaves, and, and they really hardly had time to, to train and conduct as being soldiers. And they just weren't ready for that. And uh, so that, that is very, very important. But when it talks about not going that way, you know, uh, that included what it described the way as being with the idea of the whole group going uh, uh, into, uh, into, into the uh, other route, which was, you know, along the Mediterranean, into Hebron and then wherever they're going from, from there, uh, which, of course, we, t we showed you that it was uh, Meridian, not Meridian, but uh, the land of the Midianites. Okay. Now, um, uh, the beauty of this is there had not that long ago, prior to this exodus, been a group of, of uh, people that had actually domineered Lower Egypt and had their own pharaoh and had taken over Lower Egypt. And um, these people had made a mass exodus and mass exodus, and and uh, so it was understood from having happened that recently, and the Egyptians set uh, a fortress type of garrison so that they would be able to check people taking the caravan route, taking taking the tourist route, uh, going. In, into the land of uh, Philistine, uh, uh, into the land of Canaan, and uh, and and so, uh, while a group, a large group of people with an army, would not be able to go that way without it starting a war, that did not stop, nor deter against God's uh, uh, liberty to them, uh, and keep them from being able to. Uh, have families go across as tourists, and and uh, and then eventually, uh, after they had fulfilled buying the supplies that they had a list to buy, uh, meeting again uh, over in the area of, of of Midian, and that's exactly what happened. Now let's go back to uh, chapter fifteen, <clears throat> verse fourteen. The people shall hear and be afraid. Thou shalt take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. Now, what were they saying? They were saying the people shall hear. Um, what were they going to hear? They were going to hear about this Red Sea and how that the Red Sea opened up for them 
and they were and Israel was able to go across on dry land. Now, at, the, at you know, at that point, that included all of all of Israel. They hadn't made their separation yet, uh, you know. But but um, understand that um, that once they got across, then they made that that separation, and uh, and uh, the uh, Shekinah glory, the cloud of God, went with the group that was going through the wilderness. So that was very neat. Now it's saying here in this verse that I'm reading that these rumors uh, of that event was going to be all over. It was it was going to be, um, you know, like uh, in it was going to reach uh, uh, Palestina, which is like we'll just call that Palestine. Palestine. Um, it, it was going to reach, um, uh, you know, that whole area, and not only that, it was on the uh, east side of Jordan, it was going to reach other nations uh, that that it it mentions, and uh, it it uh, it mentions uh, men of Moab and and uh, it it mentions uh, dukes of Edom. They're going to be amazed, and and they're going to tremble when uh, all of this takes hold of them, uh, and all the inhabitants of Canaan. Uh, you know, uh, are going to be so afraid they're just going to be uh, melting in a way to so, uh, to so to speak with fear. Uh, it goes on then, uh, and and, uh, and 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 mentions these these different things. Uh, both it mentions the land that is on the west side, uh, or pardon me, on the east side of the Jordan River, uh, which is the route that Moses and the children of Israel went when they went all you went up through Bashan uh, to destroy Og and his uh, uh, remnants of uh, giants and um, uh, uh, you know and somehow this word was going to was going to was going to travel and these people were going to find out the how that God was going before these people and it was going to terrify them but it's very interesting that even though this there's a you know I can see how that once uh, these uh, this great army of of Moses and the children of Israel uh, perhaps it wouldn't be a great army depending on what some nations would call a great army but it, it was a it was a lot of it was a lot of people uh, six hundred thousand uh, soldiers not to mention the Levites and leadership and and other soldiers not other soldiers but other persons. And so um, we can understand how that from the Midianites that word would spread right up to Edom. Edom was not very far, and Moab and all of them—they were—they were all re all related in in, in association. Uh, but the interesting thing is that that this information would reach uh, Palestina, which is on that other side, on on that other route. And how though, would that happen? Well, that had to have happened uh, be, be, uh, because of the the people that went across the uh, Red Sea uh, were included in all these five ribs. So as they made this journey and they began to share these things, uh, this the people were terrified. But that actually lends... Uh, a support 
that uh, this message was carried on the Mediterranean side of the uh, of, of of the the the, um, the trip that was being made, uh, the, which was the short trip, is about half the the time and length of journey uh, to go that way than it would be to go the way that Moses did, and uh, and so but we can we get a verification there that this information got to those that that lived right on uh, right on the 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 the, the uh, ocean side of, of the Mediterranean, you know, and uh, uh, so that lends, uh, in my book, credibility to the fact that that people that had had been through the ocean and it, and it went dry uh, uh, because of the, as I explained last night, uh, this ray of energy that pushed back uh, both uh, sides of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, the, the Red Sea and allowed that crossing to happen. And if you need more information on that, just go to back to last week's teaching, listen to it again. So they are named along with the others. And then it goes on, a fear and dread shall fall upon them uh, by the, the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone until uh, thy people pass over. O Lord, till the people pass over uh, which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them and plant them in the mountain of their inheritance. See, that's where they were headed. They were headed there. Uh, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for them to dwell in, in the sanctuary, Lord, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thine hands have established. I just find that quite interesting and quite exciting uh, as to this subject that we are talking about. Now, if you turn with me to Psalms 107.3, let's look at that. Psalms 107.3. There's, of course, a lot more scripture we could put with this, but it would it would take, you know, a, a whole teaching to uh, to do the whole story, and I don't have time for that tonight because we want to get into the sub-edition. Okay, 107. And uh, this you will find uh, interesting as well, all the scriptures of God are, are interesting. 107, 3 through 7. Okay, here we go. 107, 3 through 7. All right. And gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. And they wandered in the wilderness to a solitary way, and they found no city to dwell in. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he inverted them out of their distress. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. They were all looking and knowing that this, there was a city of habitation they were to go to, which uh, I've given scripture already about that they were to meet at the, um, at the place of, uh, of the mountain of the burning bush. And um, 
it is it is very interesting uh where it says from the east to west from the north and the south um, you have there four different directions and then if you add the the group with the army that was taking the wilderness route uh you can sort of see there how that god has div had divided these people you know into five parts and 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 what it was really about was them wandering in the wilderness uh in other words the story about the people that would go and wander through the wilderness for those people that went the shortcut way they were a part of those people that went the long distance way and those people that went the long distance way were a part of those people that went the short distance way they belonged together and uh so um it was all in part of the plan of God, the beautiful plan of God, uh, you know, to do that. And it it, uh, it is an awesome thing to understand, this thing about being harnessed, this thing about the uh, being uh, five-fifths, uh, like ribs, uh, like they're all part of the same body, but they're, they're each are a different rib of the body. And because that's how that the people were divided up, into these five different ribs, five different fifths, and uh, and that is the story of uh, of of how that happened. Ah, so so full of life and beauty, so full of interest that uh, it, it 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 is just uh, you know it is just an, a very interesting thing, and I think and I praise God uh, for all of the word and all of the leadings of how God leads people. Because uh, it, beyond the question of a shadow of a doubt, is a is a beautiful thing, and uh, it it is um, not in almost every case it is not what uh, people expect to happen. Things happen that people did not expect to happen. And I said earlier that you know it talked about that they would all meet. Well, in Exodus three twelve says, "You shall serve God upon this mountain." And there's another scripture that mentions about they would meet at, at this mountain, uh, which was Horeb. That's where the burning bush uh, revelation took place. And that was in the land of Midian. And uh, so that all fulfills uh, that revelation. Uh, there's a lot more that could go with it. But uh, <clears throat> another scripture that really goes along with it was, was sort of a, like a revelation thing. And that is where we showed in uh, Numbers 14.33 that, um, that God had given the people of Israel a proxy so that, um, uh, that 40 days could represent uh, 40 years, every day for a year. And um, we showed in Ezekiel 4 a verification of that proxy when Ezekiel was told to lay on his side and to build a fortification and go, go as a proxy uh, against uh, Jerusalem. But it turned out to be the same type of thing where just uh, a single uh, uh, time was representative of a much larger time. And, uh, but it was a verification of Numbers 14.33. And, and it showed how the things just a lot of times are not the way that they seem. Uh, yes, it is true that the children of Israel went across 
the Red River, uh, the Red uh, Sea as a, a large group of people. They were all together. Yes, it's true that uh, that the people of Israel went through the wilderness, but it is not true to say that they all went through it. Even though it will seem like it in some scriptures, but pro properly interpreted and refined, uh, it is just not the case. They were easy, easily able to just slip through on the other other side, uh, you know, as though they were just tourists uh, headed uh, uh, on some kind of a buying spree, which was going on all the time. That kind of interchange traffic was happening every day across the Egyptian uh, Canaanite border, we'll call it. And so uh, that that uh, is is nothing less nothing less than absolutely exciting and 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 beautiful to hear and to know uh it gives you something to deeply think on now uh as we as we start uh thinking about uh this uh, revelation that we're going to get into uh there there are uh, some interesting scriptures that I would like to read to you uh for instance um if you'd like to turn to second samuel uh, there is a very neat scripture there, and uh, I want to share that with you. Uh, this um, <clears throat> this is about a message to people to to find uh, the strength to appear before God when we get into this uh, this sub audition. Um, before I read the Second Samuel's twenty two scripture, um, the scripture that I'm referring to is Psalms 84:57, and it speaks about having the strength to appear before God and I believe that's what's going to happen tonight I believe God is going to give people the strength of faith the strength of health the strength of desire and is going to pour out a divine Holy Spirit upon people for this photo transition that is going to be taking place as people go up this road on their on their journey, uh, I think that um, I think that uh, it is wonderful, and it is um, going to be so exciting tonight. And I know that you're here because you want to be excited. Uh, uh, and uh, and and no no blaming you for that, but in this twenty uh, second chapter, I I came across something here and I thought, wow, I've got to share this, because from time to time in talking to people, I have people that question whether they are worthy to to experience something like this sub edition, uh, you know, vision spirit trans uh, travel, and you know things that they feel like maybe they did in the past of their life that is inhibiting them from going forward. And this uh, 22nd chapter of, of 2 Samuel actually was a song written by David. But in this, um, this verse here that I want to uh, share with you, uh, it's just absolutely sensational. And it says in, in um, 2 Samuel 22nd verse, 24th verse, I was also upright before him and have kept myself from mine iniquity. 
I've kept myself from my iniquity. This is uh, so awesome. I, I, I don't remember of any other scripture in the Bible worded just like this, about being kept from a person's own iniquity. Um, you know, that is a powerful revelation because people have sown discord, they have sown transgressions and sins, and uh, those thoughts and memories come back and they haunt people and they torment people. And I believe that, that the, the forces dark use those past negative um, things that, that individuals have done uh, to haunt them into terror and into fear and especially into, into feeling that they are not worthy. Uh, to, to feel that they are not worthy to be able to uh, experience, uh, you know, a, a divine mission. And, um, and, and I, th I think that this scripture here shows why David was so powerful. He said, uh, you know, I, I was upright before the Lord. Um, you know, um, if we looked at verse 33, God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hind's feet, and setteth me upon high places. So in that tone of, of mental spiritual understanding, David had no problem saying, uh, I was also upright before God, because he was saying, God maketh me to be upright. God maketh me uh, to be holy before him. Uh, even though he, there, there's such a list of things that he did that were not uh, spiritually correct in most people's understanding, it is obvious that he had come to an understanding far, far beyond uh, the people in his age and even uh, most people in this age. Uh, I was also, uh, I was, I was also upright before him and have kept myself from mine or my iniquity. And you people tonight, that's exactly what God is asking you to do. God is wanting to give you strength to appear before God, as I quoted Psalms 84-7. God is wanting to give you strength tonight to be able to come into this vision revelation. And, and he's wanting you to know that you can do just what David did, um, you know, you, you, you can um, uh, make a statement to keep yourself from your iniquity, the iniquity, the things you've, you've uh, done that, you know, that haunt you sometimes, that make you feel like, uh, you know, I'm not worthy because I did the, those things. Uh, you have to be kept from that. Um, you know, it, the Bible says it's a shame to mention those things which were done in the past. Uh, you know, and the Bible says, forgetting those things which are behind, let us press toward the mark of the high calling. So that's what we do tonight as we enter into this uh, incredible spiritual trip, uh, that we forget those things that a person feels uh, are negative, that they may have committed, and that are constricting them uh, from the true liberty that they, in their hearts and minds, would like to have. Uh, and David says, I, you know, I've kept myself from mine iniquity. And God wants you to do that tonight, you listeners. Keep yourself from allowing any of the iniquities and things you have done to, to be a pestilent to you. 
to, to, to be a, a, a doubt fire in your mind. Don't allow it. Just reject it and kick it out. Don't allow the thoughts to come in there. Refuse it and keep yourself from your own iniquity. And then just go on moving before the Lord uh, because, you know, God is your strength uh, and power. And in verse 33 it says that, and he, he, he will make your way perfect. And verse 34, he'll make uh, your feet like hind's feet, and he'll set you upon the high places. Well, that's what we're talking about in this trip tonight. We're talking about a trip to the high places. And uh, in verse 37 it says, Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. That's also what God wants to do for you tonight. He wants to enlarge your capability of, of standing on holy ground. He wants to enlarge uh, your uh, innermost being uh, with the thoughts uh, that are more prevalent than any other kind of thoughts uh, that, that you have been enlarged uh, within the parameters of the Holy Spirit uh, through Jesus Christ. And, and because you have this enlarged stepping ground, enlarged holy ground, uh, you are going to be able to have a maneuvering room. Uh, you, are going, you are going to be able to receive these things uh, and to experience these things uh, by, by the power of God. So that is so exciting. Now, <clears throat> as we talk about visions, if you remember... We, we put the, the experience uh, uh, about how that in Ezekiel, how that this person um, was picked up by the locks of the hair. Uh, that was chapter 8, Don't Lose Your Place in 22nd Samuel. And uh, we had Ezekiel, and the sixth uh, year and the sixth month, the fifth day of the month, he was at his house, and the elders of Judah were over, and and uh, they were sitting before him, and the hand of the Lord uh, just suddenly came upon him. And uh, it says, I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins even downward, fire, and from his loins even upward, as the appearance of lightning, as the color of amber. He put forth his hand, his hand took me by the lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between uh, the earth and heaven and brought me in the visions, brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, uh, to the door of the inner gate that looks toward the north. Wow. That's what God wants to do with you tonight. He wants to lift you up. Now the 22nd verse uh, here is talking about how that God is so actively, actively involved in the things of the universe. Uh, chapter 22, verse 8, Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the earth moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up smoke out of his nostrils. We, we, we'll call that Shekinah glory because that's a perfect uh, symbol of it. And fire out of his mouth, and we'll call that syntonic fire. And uh, uh, then it, it further says... Um, that um, uh, that, the, that his mouth devoured coals that were kindled by it. And we'll just say those coals represent the engineerings of the Holy Spirit. He bowed the heavens also and came down 
and darkness was under his feet. You know, that's another way of saying he brought the heavens down closer to the earth where the people were because he caused the heavens to bow down. And then it says he rode upon a cherub and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind, and he made darkness pavilions around about him, dark waters and thick clouds of, of the skies. Uh, though uh, the brightness before him, uh, through the brightness before him were, were coals of fire kindled, the Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High offered his voice. And then this next verse is for you, especially for you, written for you. Verse 17, He sent from above, He took me, He drew me out of many waters. Sort of say that in your mind with me. He sent from above, He took me, He drew me out of many waters. Again, He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. And again, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. Waters representing multitudes of people. Out of the people, he, Bible said there's two in the field, one was taken, the other was left. And all these different things that there were people doing, but God selected one here and one there. And he sent from above, and he took me, and he drew me out of the many living waters. Isn't that just absolutely beautiful? And this thing about he rode upon a cherub and did fly. He was seen upon the, the wings of the wind. Perhaps tonight, that is how you will see the energies of God. Like, like a spiritual clown that God is riding like a cherub, which even represents the cherubimic spacecraft, flying as though on the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions around about him, dark waters and thick clouds of sky. And those all have incredulous meanings that are applicable in a very deep and profound way to people who are interested in this trip that we're going to take tonight. And it is nothing less but but super exciting. There is absolutely no other way to describe it. <clears throat> okay. Now, if we look at Joel 2.23, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Or he is giving you the former rain and the latter rain in the, in the due season. And uh, he will cause to come down in the first month, the former rain moderately. Wow. Here is a whole resolution of how God is using as a symbol the term rain. Former rain, latter rain, and moderate rain and how that he's going to bring his people through that. Then when you get a little uh, further into the Bible, uh, to past, you know, the prophets, and you get into Joel, where this is written, Joel 
um, it it um, <laughs> it is so mind-boggling. It is absolutely mind-boggling because then it goes right along with where we are talking about. And let's look at uh, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And this was verified in the book of Acts. Paul repeated what this here says and says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It brings that all the way over and verifies it into the New Testament. And now we see that there are going to be these occasions and this isn't something that's been done away with. It's introduced right alongside with the the, the Pentecostal Holy Spirit pour. Uh, and it's mentioned right along with that in the book of Acts. Uh, and it, it is t telling that, um, you know, God's going to pour His Spirit out on all flesh. And, you know, your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. This is the plan of God. It's not over. It's not finished. It's not something that just was way back when. It's been translated into the New Testament. And it's still available, and God is still wanting to use it. And we're on that trail tonight. We're definitely on that trail. Blessed be the name of God. And why shouldn't we be? Because, you know, we are people that are hungering and thirsting for the things of God. Now... <clears throat> When Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration and they were coming down, I read this to you last week, but we repeat it again. In Matthew 17:9, he says, Tell the vision to no man. He called that whole experience upon the mountain of Transfiguration something that they were perceiving by a special subaddition vision. In Habakkuk 2:2, it says, Write the vision so that they may run who read it. This just an, isn't a toy. This isn't some simple Simon revelation. You know, the whole book of Nahum is called the book of the visions of Nahum. The Bible speaks about the heavenly vision. Second Corinthians 12.1 MIV says, it is not expedient for me to glory. Of this I have no doubt. Nevertheless, surely, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. And then Paul goes on to say that over 14 years ago, he knew a man that was caught up into paradise, and he heard things not lawful to be uttered. They were wonderful things full of glory and joy unspeakable. 
who are the people that want to cheat us, that want to keep us from being able to get into these spiritual experiences? Who are the people that are so deep worn into their ruts that they can't see over the sides of those ruts? It's, it's sad. It's very, 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 very sad. But you know what? God is taking us up and he's taking us out and he's taking us forward. Now I want to talk about some of these things about Mount Hermon, the Golan Heights, so that you can begin to get some of these places in your mind. Perhaps there's some of you people that have actually been to Israel and have, have uh, traveled over in the, uh, the Sea of Galilee and, uh, and Mount Hermon area. The, the Sea of Galilee is an incredible body of water. It's freshwater lake. And, and that's an incredible thing to have a freshwater lake such as the Sea of Galilee. Um, it basically waters most of, of Israel. It's 700 feet below sea level. And it's 64 square miles by 13 miles wide. So it's... 64 square miles by 13 miles wide from north to south and 7.5 miles from east to west. Its deepest point is estimated to be somewhere between 140 to 200 feet. And it's a primary source of water, as I said, for the nation of Israel. The source that repetitively keeps the, the Lake of Galilee full of water. It's a combination of things. But basically, and most importantly, the water flows into the Lake of Galilee from the Jordan River. Although there is a lot of precipitation that falls on the lake and the temperature, you know, is, is very temperate all year round. The temperature, like uh, in August, is like 83 degrees Fahrenheit. In January, the average mean temper, temperature is 57 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can see how nice the weather is. We're taking you to a super nice climate. We're taking you on a really precious journey here, folks. Sea of Galilee, freshwater lake. You know, the water that feeds that, that lake, as we'll see as we get further into this, is, is mostly coming down from the mountains of, of Galilee, which includes the Golan Heights. Those, those mountains have about, you know, 66 inches of precipitation a year. It's a huge amount of water. Wow. Absolutely huge. 
you know, Jesus was reported <coughs> to have gone north from the area of the lake of, of Lake Tiberias after feeding 4,000. And he took the road north through the Upper Jordan Valley toward one of the sources of the Jordan River called Caesarea Philippi. Herod built a, a really nice uh, temple house there for one of his sons. And uh, the Romans were quite active in that area, and they, they built uh, some ancient uh, buildings. We'll talk about that. Uh, Caesarea Philippi was the capital city of Philip. The brother, it was the brother of Herod who stole Philip's wife. <coughs> In the area of the villages near Caesarea uh, Philippi, he preached. Jesus preached. And uh, it was near the base of Mount Hermon. By some theories, as I'm reading here, Jesus ascended Mount Hermon, and his clothes appeared to shine whiter than any breach, any bleach, pardon me, could make them. <coughs> After coming down from the mountain, Jesus met with a, a son suffering a disorder similar to epilepsy. Jesus healed the boy, and then foretold the end of his own life. This Caesarea Philippi is quite the place. It's um, situated 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. That's not very far. 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee at the base of Mount Hermon. And it is located right at, at the base, right at the cave uh, outpour of the largest springs that, that all tied into coming down from the mountain through that spring into the Jordan River. The abundant water supply has made the area very fertile, attractive for religious worship. Numerous temples were built in this city in the Hellenistic and Roman periods. Wow. The Romans, they were active. And there was built there the Temple of Augustus. And uh, <clears throat> the court of Pam and the nymphs were built there. The Pam being a goat, half half goat, half man, a figure, with him playing a flute. The Temple of Zeus was built there. The tomb temple of the dancing goats was built there. This is right at the base of Mount Hermon. Why did these forces of, of uh, dark side uh, mythology decide to choose that mountain? What is the vortex? What is the alignment that causes that to all come forth in that particular way? There are these string, streams, or springs rather, Benias, and uh, Herman emerges the the springs 
emerge from the bottom of Mount Hermon in the Golan Heights. And it falls about 190 meters in the course of three kilometers, forming the Manias Waterfall, one of the most beautiful in Israel. Oh, there's incredible waterfalls there. This Mount Hermon is a beautiful place with its tributaries, with its various rivers that come together and join into the Jordan River to supply fresh water to the Lake of Galilee, which water then is a main source of water for all Israel. You know, Jesus did a lot of miracles at Galilee. And we have to remember that when Jesus appeared and was getting ready to ascend, he told his disciples, I'm going, when I return, I will meet you at the Sea of Galilee. And it's interesting that Mount Hermon and the Golan Heights, which are all part of this whole sequence, received the water and passed the water into Jordan and passed the water into the Lake of Galilee that provides fresh water for all of Israel, for plantations and all kinds of things. It's all coming from Mount Hermon. Wow! That is absolutely awesome. It's springs, it's waterfalls, they're spectacular. Wow. All right. Now, this is interesting. You've heard, you know, when Syria and Israel were at war over the Golan Heights, of course, Syria lost, and now the, those same areas that were contested are operated and controlled by Israel. But one of the names of the cities of refuge, there were six that God told Moses to make. Three on the west side of Jordan and three on the east side of Jordan. And they were the cities of refuge chosen by Moses. That's in Joshua 28. And one of those cities was named Golan. So the very name Golan represented one of those cities. And Gershom, the son of Moses, was assigned use of land there as a Levite in the Golan of Bashan. See, the name Bashan, when you read it in the Bible, is the same thing as Golan. You can see that in First Chronicles 6, 7, 1. This is beautifully written. The hill of God is as the hill of Bashan, or the hill of, of Golan. A high hill as the hill of Bashan. Psalm 68, 15 through 22. 
Wow, we're going to read that. Turn with me to Psalm 68, 15. Psalm 68, 15. We don't want to miss any of this good stuff. Too much good stuff to miss. We're going to read it. 68, 15. Okay, here we go. The hill of God is, at the, is as the hill of Bashan, and the high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. Do you think this is an important place? The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, as in Sinai, in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captivity. Thou hast perceived gifts from men, yea, for the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell among them. Wow. Wow. Verse 19. Blessed is the Lord who daily loadeth us with his benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. But the Lord shall wound the head of the enemies, of his enemies. And the hairy scalp of such a, a one as goeth on still into his trespasses. Now listen to this. The Lord said, I will bring again from Bashan. I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea. Depths of the sea is depths of the people. Check Revelation seventeen fifteen out. Now we begin to see that God is saying, this, this isn't some old ancient fable. This is an ongoing, current revelation. I will bring again from Golan, which is Bashan. I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea. There's a special anointing involved in this incredible revelation. Absolutely. Praise be the name of God. Okay, let's uh, let's go to um, Song of the Solomon. Chapter 2, verse 10. Okay. Here's what it says. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, and the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of the birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. For the fig tree putteth forth her figs, and the vines with tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. O my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. That message is for you tonight. You're God's beloved. He's saying, rise up, come away. The winter is past, the rain's over and gone. The flowers are appearing on the earth. It's, it's the time of the singing of birds. The voice of the turtle is heard in our land. 
and the fig trees putting forth green figs. Wow. That's to you. That is to you. Okay. There, there, there are so many exciting things. Here's some things I've written down I just want to share with you. It is written, therefore so let it be. The light of Israel shall be for a fire, and its holy one for a flame. And it shall burn and devour the thorns and the briars in one day. It is written, for the Lord is yet to perform M's whole work upon Mount Zion. And in this case it's spelled Z-I-O-N, but we have shown you the scripture in which S-I-O-N represents Mount Hermon. And Z-I-N and, and S-I-O-N are used many times interchangeably. For Satan has said, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of heaven. I will sit upon the mountain, upon the mount of congregation. Now we said earlier, why, why are these mystical and, and evil things like Baal and why are they so interested in that mountain of Hermon and its attached Golan Heights? Why are they so interested? Well, Satan was interested. Lucifer, who became Satan, he was interested. He said, I'm going to ascend to heaven. I'm going to be over all of the stars of heaven because I'm going to sit upon the Mount of Congregation. Wow. Let's just... Um, Keep that in mind, and let's let's skip over to Hebrews 12, because this is a very important scripture to tie this thing of Mount Hermon into the revelation of our time and today. Revelation 12. Now, I've I've quoted this to you before, but it is well worth your time to listen to this. Oh, wait a minute here. I'm in the I'm thinking I'm doing real good and I'm in the book of Romans and not Hebrew. We want to go to Hebrews. And I'll be there shortly. Praise God. I'm just trying to talk slow tonight so that you hear everything I'm saying and so that you just come into this this time that is so sacred. Just cool, calm, and collected. Okay, chapter 12 of Hebrew. And, and listen to this, verse 22. But you are come into Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men, men made perfect. If this isn't the mount of the congregation, I don't know what is. Wow. 
Where does this say it is? Verse 22, or chapter 12 of Hebrew. But you are coming to Mount Zion. And I've given you the scripture several times that says that Mount Zion, S-I-O-N, that's how it's spelled here, is Hermon, Mount Hermon. So we could just read it, but you are coming to Mount Hermon and unto the city of the living God because there is a spiritual truth that supersedes beyond just the physiological pattern and figuration of, of the mountain in itself. And this is like a place where you can purge the things of the earth that are used symbolically so that they are purified. It's also a place where the forces dark come to try to stop that from happening and, and to create the opposite effect. You are coming to Mount Zion. Wow. You, you have to get that in your mind. When we are talking about Mount Zion, Mount Hermon, we were talking about all these things. Let me read it again. Let me read it again. But you are coming to Mount Zion, which is Hermon. And in the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. There's a congregation on, the, on that mountain, right? A congregation of angels. To the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and, to, and the spirits of just men made perfect. It's talking about the spiritual impressions of these angels and persons that are left there on that mountain. Peter wrote in Second Peter one eighteen, And the voice came from heaven that we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. That's what God wants to do tonight. He wants to speak his voice in your heart. A word from heaven. When you go to that holy mount, you walk there. Okay, I've got quite a little bit of reading to do here. You bear with me because I wouldn't be reading this if it wasn't important. But if you would turn with me to um, Isaiah. Turn with me to Isaiah 25. And let me read a little bit here that just beautifully fits into all this. 25, 6 7. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wine on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees well defined. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering, cast over all the people, the veil that is spread over all the nations. He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. In this mountain shall the Lord of hosts do these things in this mountain. That's where we've taken you, in this mountain. Wow. 
These are exciting times, folks. Not every time that you turn on a broadcast that you hear anything that has a semblance to this. Because God is moving by His Spirit. Moving throughout the land. I want God to move in you tonight. Let's look at chapter 4 in the Song of the Solomon or Canticles. Chapter 4, verse 6. Until the day break and the shadows flee away, I will get me to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill, hill of frankincense. Thou art all fair, my love. There is no spot in thee. Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. With me from Lebanon, look from the top of Amana, from the top of Shinar and Hermon, from the lion's den, from the mountains of the leopards. That's your call from the Word of God. The day is breaking. Shadows are fleeing away. And the Lord is saying, get to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. Ah, thou art fair all, fair my love. Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. Look from the top of Amana, from the top of Shinar and Hermon, from the lion's dens, from the mountains of the leopards. Are you getting excited? Are you getting ready for this journey? Remember what I read to you a little bit ago in the 11th, second chapter of Psalms, 22:17. Uh, he took me. He sent from above. He drew me out of the waters. In another scripture in the Bible, it talks about, and it's written, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. It's your body and your spirit. Wow. Okay. The mountain range of Lebanon <coughs> are to the west of the valley the Lebanon Valley that runs in front, right down the, that main crevice there between the anti-Lebanon mountain ranges, which are south, and then across the valley is the mountain which is called Hermon. Well, Og, the king of the remnant of the, of the giants, he reigned in Edrei and Bashan. Bashan, the Golan Heights, and part of Mount Hermon. Why did these kind of people feel attracted and drawn to Mount Hermon and the Golan Heights and Edrei, which is, by had the time, I guess, been a whole teaching just on the, the revelation of that underground 
massive underground city. Beyond question, absolutely awesome. Beyond question, absolutely superb. Mount Hermon is the southern tip of the anti-Lebanon mountain range. The highest peak, as we've shared with you before, 9,230 feet. Wow. It's the highest point inside Israel's borders. Highest point inside Israel's borders. And it's sometimes called, a, called the Snow Observatory. It has other names. The Bible is known as Baal, Baal, Baal Hermon, as Saron, as uh, Surion, and as uh, Simon, or Zion, sorry. Psalms 133 gives an image of the pleasantness and the fruitfulness of this mountain. It speaks of the of the bounty of water, a place that receives much precipitation, an average of 60 inches of precipitation a year. In 1992, it received 100 inches of precipitation. And it says here in this writing, quite possibly that quite possible that the transfiguration took place somewhere in the slopes of Mount Hermon, as Jesus and his disciples pre pre previously noted to be in the region of Caesarea Philippi. This village sits at the base of Mount Hermon, and thus Mount Hermon could be the mountain where Jesus took his disciples. Well, you're so right. Mount Hermon is the tallest mountain in Israel. You know, in Mark 9, it says, After six days Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and bringeth them up into a high mountain, apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. To a high mountain. There are no high mountains in Israel except Mount Hermon. Not too difficult to figure out which mountain was the mountain of transfiguration. Wow. It's a beautiful place. It's a holy place. It's a holy place. Now I want to get ready to prepare you for this journey, for this place of spirit visions. We know that through the visual cortex, through the center of special operatives in the brain, using memory, using uh, neurons that are involved in the visual cortex, connectiveness, that there are effects to brain imagery that can happen on a 
cognetic controlled level. But we also know that when you are under the anointing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when God is moving over you, that all these things such as the visual cortex begin to be supercharged within the body all the way down to the solar plexus and all the way up through the corpus callosum and all the parts of the various frontal lobes and hemispheres. It, it, it is a full body trauma. Peter went into what was called a trance. And had an incredible revelation come to him. It's Bible. This is that which was spoken of by the prophets. That's going to come. It's not just for a few days called Pentecost. It's until the time, times, and a dividing of the times is finished. It's until the gifts of the Spirit can be replaced with the totality of love. Wow. You know, Mount Hermon, according to Deuteronomy 3.8, is the northern boundary of the Promised Land of Israel. Deuteronomy 3.8 the northern boundary of the promised land of Israel. Wow. I'm just saying wow tonight because <clears throat> I am so caught up with all of this. Well, are you ready? It'd be nice if you have a, a place that uh, doesn't have a lot of interference going on where you can sort of have some meditative time. And don't don't get uh, don't get all uptight, don't get in any way fra afraid. This is just a spiritual experience that's open for you. If there's any of you listening that you're just afraid of it, then don't enter into it. That's okay. You'll not be judged. But if you're there and you really want to have these spiritual experiences, and I tell you, I, I've had a good number of them, and they have changed my life, and they have given me a fulfillment of understanding that I couldn't get any, way, any other way. Blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. So what I want to do is I'm going to do a prayer. And after I have uh, done this prayer, then we're going to go into the sub-edition. And we're going to take this journey. Wow. You're part of this. You're called to be part of this. It's like 
Our souls are waiting upon God. God, the Almighty Lord, I am. Because from M comes our salvation. And the Lord our God is our only rock of ages. Our expectations are from God, the I am. In God is our glory and strength. Our refuge is in God. Who will bring us to Zion? Who will bring us to the mountain where the transfiguration of Jesus Christ occurred? Where stood a host of angels? Where stood Elijah and Moses and Peter and John and James? God is willing to show abundantly the vision that whosoever by the Spirit is drawn by it will be caught up in it and carried in their spirit to the mountain of Zion called Mount Hermon. This ascent will not be counted as among the common events that happen to mortals. This ascent is by the Holy Ghost of God through Christ Jesus. You are called of God to come and see. You are called of God to be set free. The forerunner for us has been to this mountain. His holy impressions bear imprints of glories unspeakable and full of glory. He is our high priest, but not after orders of religious tradition, but rather after the order of Melchizedek. The King of Peace and of Love. With you this moment, with you this moment, this message speaking to you, begin to bring your spirit into a knitness. Begin to bring your spirit into a calm. Just have your eyes closed, ready to receive as we go on with this reading here. It is written, so it is. The Lord is not here among the tombs. He is risen. Go your way. Tell the Lord's disciples and Peter that the Lord goes before you to Galilee. And remember, Galilee is only 25 miles from the foothills of, of Hermon. And that's where Jesus went back to. Now, Galilee was like a circle. There were cities, little villages and cities all around it that the Lord would go from one side to the other to minister to. And it's the place of fresh water that waters all of Israel. Connected to the Jordan River. Wow. The Lord goes before you to Galilee. The Lord's been before you, ladies and gentlemen, to Galilee and to Mount Hermon. The Sea of Galilee is fed by the waters of Mount Hermon. 
which is only 25 miles away from each other. It is the will of the Lord to receive you into the spirit of the Holy Ghost. It is the will of the Lord to take you into the subaddition of your spirit to Zion, the Mount of Hermon. And remember, remember Hebrews, number 12. And remember how I read to you in Isaiah that Lucifer wanted to set up on that mountain after he had conquered the after he had conquered all the stars, he wanted to set on the mount of congregation. That's where he wanted to be. But he'd been booted off. <laughs> oh, it is the mountain of transfiguration. And how glorious, how glorious it is. So glorious that Jesus said, don't share this with any man until after the resurrection. We will not give a chance to the forces dark to disrupt this beautiful plan. Wow. God is calling by His Spirit. God is calling. God, precious Heavenly Father, at this moment we already feel your Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Begin to send your waves of energy out across this broadcast to every listening person. And for this energy to remain in the recording for every person that later comes on and listens to this message. We are waiting upon you, Lord, to take us by the Spirit. To take us by the Spirit to this mountain. Obviously, by the Bible, it is quite the spiritual place. Obviously, by the Bible, there is a rendezvous with destiny here. And we are Acknowledging that rendezvous with destiny. Now, Lord, anoint all these people here to the, this very evening. And whatever time it is that people listen to this broadcast, anoint them. Cause your spirit to come upon them as they close their eyes and just wait to meditate. And let your Holy Spirit just move through their visuals and through their neurons. Blessed be your name, all God. Almighty God, blessed be your name. We want to write this vision, O Lord, so that they may run that read it. This heavenly vision. Just as Paul, when he spoke of coming to visions and revelations, and then he went into this incredible visionary thing of the 14 years of a man being caught up into paradise. 
we transfer this spirit of experience to the people now that are listening. Your Holy Spirit is already beginning to tingle. Just relax. God has given you the strength to enter into this. God has given you the power to not look upon any of your sins or errors. Just relax. Totally relax. The Holy Spirit is beginning to move over you and move into your ears and into your visual cortex. And energy is beginning to flow up and down your body from the solar plexus up, up, up to your head. God is beginning to deal with you by his wonderful, loving touch of energy. Touching you. Relax. Put your yourself into the arms of Jesus. Relax. 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 Spirit of all these people begin to enter into the vision. Now you are rising within yourself to this vision. You are rising within yourself to this vision. There's nothing out there once you have entered this that can stop you from this wonderful, wonderful trip. This wonderful, wonderful spirit contextion, contextual connection. Blessed be God. And there you are in the spirit over this beautiful Lake of Galilee. There you are. And you can see from there Mount Hermon to the north. Slightly to the east. You begin to move by the Spirit. Leaving this beautiful lake of the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on the waters and did two miracles while he was at this very lake on the waters. You're moving now, slowly. Slowly. You're very relaxed. Very relaxed. And you're moving now toward Mount Hermon. You're getting closer. You can look now. You can see the layout of the Golan Heights. You can begin to see streams trickling down. There's snow on top of the highest peaks, the three high peaks of Mount Hermon. A lot of the Golan Heights 
is melted and the ground color is there. And there are wildflowers everywhere. And the trees are beautiful. Poplar and oaks and cedars. This great mountain, Hermon, called by the Arabs the Mountain of the Chief. Opposite across from the anti-Lebanon mountain range. Springs of waters and rivers are merging, trickling down and merging into the Jordan. River falls are pouring. The snowy mountains of Hermon, their highest heights, bid you come. Springs on the, the slopes of Mount Hermon bid you come. The wild flowers bid you come. You're slowly moving through time and space. Slowly, slowly moving through time and space. So relaxed. Power of the Holy Spirit is energizing your body and moving in you as though it were a mysterious tongues speaking mysteries within your very being about this trip about all the things that will begin to come forth to your memory as time goes on now you're almost to Kazaria Philippi. And you can see over against the base of Mount Hermon a cave where great spring water volumes are coming out. The trees and the plush green just are so inviting. So inviting. But you have a rendezvous. You have a charter in the Holy Spirit to come to this mountain where Lucifer Satan would like to set up his kingdom to control the congregation of that mount that it speaks about in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. But you are coming and you are coming as a, an additional witness, an additional entry to rebuke those powers of the forces dark. A half goat, half man, Pam, Pan flute player those mythological negative forces that have nothing to do with God but are trying to replace God. You're coming to make a stand on the holy ground impressions. Keep relaxed. 
I want to lead you now. I want to lead you. I'm drawing you to come to follow me. We're finding a trail where we can start going up this mountain. Oh, look at those huge limestone boulder rocks. Look at them. You can see some of them that have broken out to where the surface is exposed. And just smell the cedar. Do you smell that? Just keep going with me up this trail. Keep going up this trail. I feel we've a ways to go yet to get to the place where Jesus was. Keep going. Feel closer and closer to destiny. Just be relaxed. The spirit is of the vision is just taking you. You don't really have to walk upon the ground. You're just sort of gliding over it. And sometimes you're in the air and sometimes your spirit is gliding over the ground. And you see the poplar tree, you see the cedar, you see the oak trees. And you feel something destiny and deep. Something calling you as a special election, as a special person. Deep, deep, deep now into the spirit. Deep, deep into your spirit. Deep, relaxed and deep. Deep and relaxed. Deep and relaxed, relaxed and deep. You're floating with me now toward this place of rendezvous. We're going up this trail. And if you were in your physical body, I would say be careful here. But you don't have to worry about slipping because you're maneuvering by the Spirit over these boulders and along this path that is leading you. I'm taking you this shortcut. I'm taking you there because it's your time of destiny. We ascend. Oh, the sky. And there is a huge cloud that is settling down. It's huge. And it's the way that the sun is shining in it, it's sort of a golden orange. It's a Shekinah glory cloud. I know it. I know it is. I just feel the Holy Spirit radiating right now through my body. I know it must be happening to others. Just radiating. These things are being recorded into your retina. They're being recorded. Dreams will come out of this. Visions will come out of this. A deep, holy alignment to this time and this spot will come out of this. We are headed toward the place of impressions. 
where Jesus Christ stood, where Moses stood, where Elijah stood, where John and Peter and James stood. We're moving, we're getting closer. It seems like that there's a quickening happening right now. We're getting closer. And I see where we're headed. We're headed right to this very place. It was once a den of like a leopard or a lion type. And that's where they hid the Ark of the Covenant before they took it to our Torah. Which the Bible says in Revelations that the, the Ark of the Covenant is in the temple in heaven. And this is where Jesus had the transfiguration. And there are stones that sort of have flat heads that you can sit on. And we're here. We're here. And that cloud is just, oh, it's just there. And it's, it looks like it's settling downward. And there's energy here in this place. I feel vibrations. I, I feel incredible connection. And and I I feel a connection to Jesus in the transfiguration. This being just so full of light. And I feel connection in the world of of word vision that is in Moses and the world of word vision that was in Elijah and the astonished and awesomeness that was in Peter, John, and James. It's all there. The impressions are still there. Just like in an energy dot, they're still there. You can feel them. I can feel them. Just relax. Just open and receive. As this begins to come into your your visual cortex into your mind. Just relax and receive. Relax and receive. You're doing something now. You're establishing something that is a mark of expedience. You are telling the forces dark. They cannot be here that this mount of congregation belongs to the Lord. You're so relaxed. Hard for some of you to even keep awake. That's okay. Don't worry about it if you fall asleep. It's okay. This message will be imprinted. It'll have a recall in you. Just relax. Just be at home in this place on this mountain. Oh, wow. Wow. There's something like a dew that has sparkly points to it that seems to be dropping out of this cloud. It's coming down in this over this area where we are 
where we have come to. And it's like the oil of anointing coming down upon those that have gathered here. And they're being anointed with this holy anointing dew of God from this Shekinah glory cloud. Blessed be the name of the living God. Oh, feel that energy. Feel that energy. Feel that glory. Smell the flowers. How re reach down and touch the ground. Put your hand upon those stones and feel the coldness of, of some of the snow that is still there. Feel it in your hand, the cool, the very cool. Yes. My hand is just quivering. And I know that this is a wonderful thing. It's just the beginning. We will go back now. As we've left our blessings upon this place that is already blessed and our prayer upon this place which is just by our coming here and acknowledging the transfiguration place of Jesus Christ and of all these things of which we have taught was the purpose for this rendezvous of destiny oh blessed be the name of God blessed be the name of God we're beginning to to rise now and just move glisteningly down, down, down the mountains, down these three mountain peaks because the one is a part of the three and the three is a part of each one. Down we go, down we go, back to the spot there by the Casaria springs coming out of the bottom of the mountain there. And we're going back now. And as we look over to the Herman side of of the whole scene, and we see the Golan Heights and all the plushness and we are full of of this endeavor, we are full of something very deep and spiritual, very deep spiritual. We're going now through the air in our spirit thought vision. And spirit thought vision is taking us now to Galilee. We're looking down upon the waters. There are fishermen boats out there. And we're going on, and we're returning now to our thought collection point.
in our bodies. Returning, 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 returning. So satisfied, so relaxed, so honored to have touched down on the holy ground where the Master met with God. You're back now. You'll be able to recollect yourself. To wake up or to sleep, either one is all right. You're back. Amen. Blessed be the name of God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that brings to a close this number 10 of the series. And of you that would like to share some of your experiences, you're welcome to do it on the blogs. I don't know how many of you people are reading uh, in the Star Rise area, but there are three new, well, we don't call them blogs, we call them posts. Three, and they're very, some of them extremely very interesting. You're invited to go to Star Rise and listen to those. Blessed be the name of God. Well, there's just something about that name. Something about the calling of Jesus Christ. Something about the Bible. Something about the presence and the glory of that presence. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, praise God. God bless you and keep you. God cause His face to shine upon you. And you that need healing in your body, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the power of the living God, move through the circuits of these broadcasts and heal you, heal you, and make you whole. God bless you and good night.